to the Love Life Church podcast and thank you for checking us out. We love God, love people, and love life, and we hope this message encourages you and inspires you. Here's today's message. Are you ready? Because I'm ready, okay? I'm a yeller, I'm a spitter, just get ready, it's gonna happen. I always try to blame the braces, but you can't blame the braces all the time. But as long as I have them, I'm gonna be blaming them. So let's go, let's get into the word. I believe God's got something for all of us today, right? Yeah, amen, we got an amen in the house, let's go. So I love, I love, I love, I love debunking. I love that word, debunk, let's go. I love debunking religion. I love debunking the devil. Come on. I love debunking the world's ideology. What's up? What's not? What's popping? What's not? You know, the world's ideology is so whacked and jacked. Anyways, we're not even going to go there. But, and I also love debunking our old way of doing things, our old way of thinking. Sometimes we got some, just the way we were brought up, the way your mama and your nana and your daddy and your grandpa, how they did things, it gets to you, right? And then you believe you have a way of thinking that we need to put off. We need to put off the old man. We need to put on the new man. So I love debunking the old way of thinking, right? Because God has a new way of thinking for us. God's got a new life for us. We just need, this is why we show up to grow up here at Love Life. This is why we come to church. You know why we come to church? We don't come to church to get brownie points with God. We come to church to learn what his word says. We come to church to learn his promises. We come to church to learn his purpose. And when you have true purpose, you don't got to go to the world to look for it. You don't got to go to the world to find it. You come to the house, you find true purpose, and you find what what do you find? You find love. You find grace. You find mercy. And that's debunking our old way of thinking, right? Because we thought God is out to get us. How many of you guys thought God was out to get you? You know, God is just out there like whatever you do, like he's just waiting for you. Like, come on, come on, make a mistake, make one, bam. And then everything that fails, we somehow blame God. But then when it works out, we just think, oh, you know, the computer worked today. Like for real, I have no idea why when the pressure is on, the printer is like, nah. It's like service is about to start in five minutes. We got things to print and the printer's like, <laughs> and, and I'm like, God, come on. I got faith to move the mountains. Let's move some paper through the ink, let's go. But somehow once it works, it's like, oh, the, the printer worked, you know? But somehow when it doesn't work, it's God's fault. Isn't that crazy? Why is it God's fault when it didn't work? Your car doesn't, your car starts every day. The day it doesn't, you're like, God, why, why, why? No, when it's God, turn it on every day. Thank you, Lord. It turned on. Thank you, Jesus, for this day, right? Thank you, Jesus, for that battery. Thank you, Jesus, for this vehicle. But it's crazy that it's because it's our old way of thinking. It's the enemy's way of thinking. It's the world system. The world blames God. The world blames God. Religion blames God. But you know what relationship does? Relationship takes responsibility. It's time to grow up. How many of you are ready to grow up? Your big sister's in the house and she's like, let's grow up, guys. Let's grow up. Why? Because God's got a plan for us. God's got a plan for every single one of us. He, we have all that we will ever need in Christ Jesus. The moment we call on the name of Jesus, we have all that we will ever need. We just got to renew our mind. We just got to learn. We just got to get grow and mature in understanding. What does God's word say about that situation so that we can grow up? So that we can grow up. We can be debunking all our old way of thinking. We can get rid of the old man. Not your old man. The old man. Right? God's kingdom, his way of doing things is always opposite of the world's way. It's like opposite, complete opposite. So it's hard for us to understand God's way of doing things because we only know our five senses, right? We can see it, we believe it. God's like, nah, <laughs> like what? <laughs> no, if we could see it, God, we believe it. And that's why we put our trust in these five senses. But faith, faith, doesn't, faith doesn't work that way. We believe without seeing. 
We trust and we know, and you know what? By faith, we actually experience a tangible experience. By faith, we be birthing stuff out of heaven into this world. By faith, we are changing the world. By faith, we are rising up. And faith works by what? By love. Faith works by love, 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 love. We so over-spiritualize it. We're like, and you'd be praying and everything like, faith works, faith works, faith works. And God's over here saying, faith works by love. When's the last time you loved your neighbor? When's the last time you loved those who live under your roof? When's the last time? Whoa, whoa, what? Right? Seriously, we got to be practicing what we preach. We're going to believe it. We're going to walk it out. We got to walk this thing out. And you know what? The hardest thing to walk out is at home. Is at home with the real people that you love more than anything, but somehow you can't say those words. You like love ya, love ya to everybody. You know, everybody in that we're at home, you're like, mm, I love you. You can text it, but for it to come out, it's hard, right? It's hard. It's like you know I love you, right? Look at me. Like, see, that's love, right? You see that? I got your back, protecting you, watching over you. That's love, okay? Anyways, we all got our own weird definitions that we need to let go of, right? But faith works by love, and we need to start loving. You want to know why? Because this world, this world more than ever right now needs a love revolution. They need love to rise up. And you know what? What's our name? Love life. Why? Because we genuinely love God. We love people, and we love life. We don't play the religious game. Get off the religious treadmill. It's going nowhere and you're exhausted. Get off and start running the race in the real world. Man, I, I'm not a workout girl, but hey, your girl's trying, okay? You know, so the treadmill, I'm like, let's go. Put it on, put it on three, five, woohoo. Put a little incline. But when I get out to the real world, <laughs> I'm like, what is up? Like, I thought I'm running five miles an hour, and I'm over here, like, dead. On the, why? Because in the real world, it, the concrete does not just keep spitting at you, okay? It don't keep coming and coming and coming and coming and coming and coming and coming, and you going nowhere. Woohoo! Got your music on. Yeah! In the real world, you got to go for it. But you know what? There's nothing like it. There's nothing like that thrill. There's nothing like that adrenaline when you're just out there like, let's go. That's why we loving God, loving people, loving life. Not on the treadmill going nowhere, but actually changing the world, actually impacting others, actually walking this thing out, living this thing out, walking by faith and not by sight, seeing God in our finances, seeing God in our relationships, seeing God and seeing God over our kids, seeing a generation rise up and truly know who God is. They ain't afraid of God, but they run to God. They ain't afraid of the house of God, but they run to the house of God. You know how many young people are up in this place serving all over the place? So many young people. Why? Because they got a revelation that it's not about religion. It's about a relationship. It's not about being perfect, but it's about we're on our way. We are on our way, right? I'm so excited to be here on a Sunday morning. I don't know if you can tell, but anyways, right? God's kingdom, his way of doing things is always opposite of the world's system, the world's way of doing things. So without renewing our mind to God's word, man, we fall for the tricks of the enemy every time. You guys, did you know the devil's a liar? He's only a liar. He cannot speak the truth. And somehow we fall for the lie. Why? Because we're we want to see it. We want to see the proof. You know what? The devil is, he's only a counterfeit. Always a counterfeit, right? The devil, God says that he has healing for everybody. There is healing in the blood of Jesus. There is healing in the name of Jesus. There is healing for whatever you need. But you know what the, do you know what the, doc, the, the devil says? He's like, we got a drug for that. He's like, we got some oxy, moxy, moxy, loxy, all that kind of loxies, whatever it is that's popping and not popping. But the devil's like, oh, we got something for that. 
Oh, you need something? We got something for that. God's like, we got, he's got prosperity for you. And you're like, yeah. And the devil's like, okay, I got something called a credit card. Mm-hmm. Some debt. Y'all want some debt? You want to be living large and in charge and you don't want to earn it? And then, you know, it's so stupid, but the devil's a liar. He's got a trap set up for you. We're wondering why a generation of young people is so in debt. And it's like, you haven't even got out of college, you know? It's like, we want to live large and in church. But when we don't know that the devil is a liar, okay? We're, we're falling for the fake filters of life. You know what? I wish that they had. We, how many of you guys know there's filters, right? You got filters on Instagram. Now there's filters on your own phone. So sometimes we don't even know what we really like, what we really look like, because we've been looking through the filter too long, you know? You're like looking back on your pictures, you're like, man, I wish I could get my hair that color again. Girl, your hair was never that color. That was a filter. But the funny thing is, I wish they had filters for our mouth. Put it on your mouth. <laughs> There's a filter for your mouth. Whoop, don't say that. Whoop, there we go. Whoop, whoop. But we need some filters for our mouth. We got so many filters going on that we believe the lie. We believe the lie of the enemy. We, be we believe the lie of this world that you got to do this. You got to promote yourself. Jesus is like, lay it down. Lay your life down, then you'll truly find it. No, I'm an influencer. I got so many followers. But you have no life. You have no real relationship. You have no real friendship. You're like, woo, I'm traveling the world, and these people are killing themselves. Why? Because they fell for the lie. They fell for the lie. They can have it all, but if you got nothing in here, you have nothing. I am nothing without Jesus. I have nothing without Jesus. But in him, man, we win the world. We win the world. What? Yes. In him, we're going to win this world. In him, we're going to walk in authority. In him, we're going to take authority, right? In him, in Christ Jesus, right? We're not looking to the world system to say what's acceptable and what's not. Because it changes all the time. With each few years that passes, now it's this far. Ooh, now you can go this far. And this is acceptable. Now this far. Now this far. It's like, oh, my gosh. Put some clothes on. Stop. Nobody want to see that? This ain't Genesis. This isn't the innocence that Pastor was talking about. We see you, okay? We see all of you. Put something on, okay? Anyways, that was for free. That was for free. Right? Without renewing our minds, what's acceptable? In God's words, okay, in the world system, right, they have a set of values. They have a set of standards, and it's changing all the time. But if God's word is not our standard for values, then we get caught up in the lies. We get caught up in, the, in what the world says is okay. This is why I'm telling young people all the time is that you need, like, standards. <laughs> like, you know, for real. I, young people, old people, single Pringles, everybody needs some standards. But the, the basic of your standard is truly if you know that God loves you. It has to do with your identity in Christ. When you know that you're a child of God, you won't devalue yourself. In the workplace, right? In relationships, in, in how you treat yourself, and how you dress and everything. When you learn who you are in Christ, you learn, you learn whose you are, it raises the standard. And when we raise the standard, people around us raise the standard. They start, you know what? If God did it for them, God can do it for me. God showed up in her life, God could do it for me. Man, she talking about wild and crazy and having fun talking to God, then I want to have a wild and crazy fun talking with God relationship. Let's get real with God. Let's get real with God. Sometimes we think we can only say scriptures to God. Like, he, like if he only understands what you're saying when you say a scripture. Like if you're saying scriptures, people tell me all the time, like you don't pray right. I'm like, I pray. You know what? Like, when's the last time God did something for you? <laughs> like, get off my case. But like, it's because you think that you have to pray, you have to pray a certain way. And then you don't think that God, God knows you. God knows everything about you. Invite him in. God's a gentleman. He stands at the door and knocks. You have to say, come on in.
You say, come into this weakness, God, and let's turn it into a strength. Come into this weakness, God, and let's show the world that you are alive. Come into this weakness, God, and let's give you all of the glory. So we need to get real with where we are and where our standards are so that we can raise the value. We can raise the guideline. We could raise the standard, not by religion, right? We're not talking about rules and regulation. We're just talking about the standard of life. Okay, the standard of life. This world's values are so whacked and jacked, right? They're all over the place. And, okay, I could go off in that, especially with the young people on LOI. Like, if this was a Wednesday night, let me tell you, we'd be going, woo! But I'm going to reel it in. I'm going to reel it in. It's time to grow up and discover. How many of you guys ready for a, this is better than Discovery Channel, okay? This is real life. Get off the couch and let's, let's, let's run. Like, you know, get off the treadmill. Let's run real life and discover God's plan, his purpose, and his promises. Do you know that God has so many promises for us? His promises are yes and amen. And you know what? God promises some things that we don't want. And we say no, no. And he says yes and amen. <laughs> but anyways, like he promises that we're going to have trouble. And we're like, Trouble? We don't want no trouble. No. But you know what's on the other side of trouble? Victory. Victory. And you said, God came through and he was with me all along the way, right? And others will look to you and say, How did you do what you did? Only by the grace of God. Only by the grace of God, right? So we have all that we'll ever need in him. We have all that. Look at your neighbor and say, You got all you need. You got all you need. We have all that we could ever need in him. In Christ, we are one with God, right? In Christ, we're one with God. In Christ, we are forgiven. In Christ, we are loved. In Christ, we've been set free. And in Christ, we have the victory. We already have the victory. We have already won. Love wins. God is love. It has already been finished. We have the victory. And you know what else? We got nothing to fear. We have nothing to fear. You know why? Because nothing can separate us from the love of God. In Romans 8, 37, it says, yet in all these things, we are more than conquerors. We're what? We're more than conquerors. How do you, how do you become a more than conqueror? You want to know how? Because you start recognizing that you already got the victory. It's already finished. You already have the victory. When Jesus says it is finished, it is finished. And for us, it had just begun. It had just begun. That's how we are more than Congress because we already have the victory. We just got to take it. We just got to walk in it, right? Yet in all these things, we are more than conquerors and gain an overwhelming victory through him who loved us so much that he died for us. I am convinced and continue to be convinced. Are you convinced? Look at your neighbor and say, are you convinced? Don't slap them, but, you know, if they got one eye closed, slap them a little. For I am convinced and continue to be convinced beyond any doubt that neither death, what? Y'all ready for this? Neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor things present, nor things threatening. You know what? There's a lot of threatening going on right now with coronavirus, with all this rioting, with all this chaos. But you want to know what? We will not fear because nothing can separate us from the love of God, right? No things present and things threatening, nor things to come, nor powers. We ain't even afraid about what's to come. Why? How can we walk in this authority? Because nothing can separate us from the love of God. Woo! Things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor any other thing created. We will, will be able to separate us from the unlimited love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Nothing will separate us from the love of God. And we got to settle that in our hearts. We got to settle that. That's the basics. Okay, that's the basics, the foundation that God loves us, that God is love, and that nothing can separate us from the love of God. The devil can't trick us thinking God left, you, you a sinner, you a loser, oh yeah, you done done it one too many times. No, God is love, and you remind the devil, no, you a liar, sucker, I already know the truth, I already got the victory over you, you just jealous of me because you wish you could be, but you can't. So, okay, anyways. 
God is love. But we need to know. Just like, just like as Americans, as U.S. citizens, we have to know our rights. And once we know, we, be, we walk around like, Psh. and then we went to Guatemala and they told us that, you know, you can't be acting like that. You can't be just taking pictures of police officers and everything. We're over here trying to get a selfie and they're giving us all these new rules. So you're like, what? Like, I'm an American, but you in Guatemala, okay? <laughs> you may have your passport, but, but sometimes I'm just saying, we need, but we need to walk like that as a Christian with the authority not stupid. Don't be acting dumb, right? Okay, like I said earlier, I love debunking religion. I, I like debunking. That's my new word right now. I'm just jumping on it. Debunking. Let's go, okay? Religion, the devil, the world's ideology, and our old way of thinking, nothing can separate us from the love of God. How many of you guys are ready to settle that in your heart? That nothing can separate you from the love of God, right? Before coming to love life and learning the true love of God, I thought God would leave me all the time. I was convinced that God, God left me and I got him back. And he left me and I got him back. He said, he loves me, he loves me not. He loves me, he loves me not. He loves, it was, a, it was an endless game. And God don't play games. You know, that's for childish boys, okay? But God don't play games. He loves you. It is finished. It is settled. He sent Jesus, right? So I thought God was going to leave me if I wasn't good enough. You know what? By the way, what is good enough? That's the craziest thought. That will blow your mind. What is good enough? Because every single one of us in this room, every single one of you online, every single one of us around the world, we all have a different definition of what we think is enough. What we think is acceptable and what is not, right? So I was the wild child growing up and my younger sister was, I would say, the perfect child. And my older sister, she was wild too. Like I'm, we just had our own definitions of wild. But my younger sister growing up, she 100% genuinely believed she was going to heaven because she thought she was good enough. Because if my mom said this, she did it. If your teacher said that, she obeyed it. And she's like, my sisters, they don't obey nothing. They're going to hell every day. These, these little hoodlums in here, like, she's like, I'm better than them, so I must be going to heaven. But is that crazy? We all have our own definition of what good enough is. That's so dumb. You're never gonna be good enough. Nobody, even if you obey every law and you obey all your parents, you're never good enough. You wanna know why? Because you're never good enough without Jesus. You're never good enough without Jesus. On my own, I could never be good enough. But thank God I'm not on my own. <laughs> I'm in him. The moment I called on the name of Jesus, I'm in Christ Jesus. I'm in the body of Christ. I'm a child of God, just like that. So I, I just had to remind myself, when that got that settled, I was like, man, it was over. It was over for the enemy because I'm like, you lose. <laughs> I'm in. <laughs> Nothing could separate me from the love of God, right? It's not about being good enough. It's about being a child of God. Right? It's about being a child of God, but you have to know this for yourself, right? You can come to church, you can play the religious game, you can sit in here, you can take notes, but if you don't believe in your heart that you're a child of God, if you don't believe in your heart that nothing will separate you from the love of God, you're just going to be in that cycle of religion again and again. And you want to know what? You're repeating the same mistakes. You repeat, you feel like you're just going, like a new day comes and you're repeating the day again and again. It's like you're stuck on repeat. It's like, no, we don't want to repeat history. We want to write history. And the only way that we're going to write history is about learning who we are in Christ. It's about showing up to grow up, right? So that's how we're going to, Paul said in Galatians 2.20, I love this. It's not I that lives, but it's Christ that lives in me. I have been crucified with Christ. That is in him, I have shared his crucifixion. It is no longer I who live. What? Sometimes we're like, people be talking weird, like, it's no longer I who live. It's not me who lives. It's Christ in me, right? It's Christ in me. It's crazy because we get so caught up in, in, in ourselves. We get so selfish, and we, get, and we think that that's being, like, humble, like, oh, I'm so nervous. No, stop thinking about yourself. Stop worrying about yourself. Stop caring about yourself. Let go. Be free and have a real relationship with God. Start walking in his plan and his purpose for your life, right? It's it's not I that lives, it's Christ that lives in me. Look at your neighbor, say, Christ looks good on you. 
It's not I that lives. The life I now live in the body, I live by faith. I live by faith, by adhering to, relying on, and completely trusting in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself up for me. Nothing can separate us from the love of God. God loves you. He sent Jesus for you. Let's walk in that love, right? God is love and nothing can separate us from him. Jesus came to show us the Father. Sometimes we'd be like, whoa, we love Jesus, but God, he's scary. You know what? Jesus, God sent Jesus to show us the Father. He sent Jesus, so God is Jesus. Jesus is God and the Holy Spirit, they're one. Okay, so when you love in Jesus, like, oh, he's my best friend. He's all my best friends. Jesus, my boyfriend. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. You know what? God sent Jesus to show us the Father. Why are you scared of the Father? Because you got a wrong definition. You got a wrong de definition, right? And today I want us to look at a couple of examples of how Jesus came to this earth and he showed us what love looked like. He showed us how compassion looked like. He showed us, right? He was love in action for the one. Jesus stopped for the one so many times. Jesus was unstoppable, yet he stopped all the time. He stopped all the time for the one, for the one, for the one. We want to change the world, but sometimes we don't understand the impact of one, the impact of one person. The impact of one, right? The word became flesh and dwelt among us. In John 1, 14. So the word became human and made his home among us. He was full of unfailing love and faithfulness. And we, we have seen his glory, the glory of the Father, the glory of the Father's one and only Son. Jesus came because the Father sent him. The word became flesh. Can you imagine? your Bible just walks up in a human. Yeah, that's Jesus. <laughs> the word became flesh and dwelt among us, right? He only did the will of the Father. And sometimes that, that helps me a lot because I am a little, like, don't tell me nothing. You know, that's just a little stubborn, whatever you want to call it. And I, I realized that Jesus was second. Like, Jesus only did the will of the Father. I'm like, if Jesus could do it and change the world, like, I could submit, okay? I could submit. I could be like, okay, okay, just saying. That's for free, right? He came, there's, there are so many, oh, guys, there's so many misperceptions about God. There's so many misperceptions about God, like, man, God's a savage. Yeah, man, the, the Old Testament or, you know, the Bible is, the Bible's outdated. The Bible's, it's old school. You know what? The devil would love for you to fall for that lie. The devil would love to, for you to fall for that lie that, you know what? The Bible's irrelevant. Those times have passed. That is crazy thinking. That is crazy thinking. Man, without God, we're nothing. You guys, without God, we're not here. Life is but a vapor. Without God, we're gone. That God's savage. You don't need, you've just been listening to that song too much. Turn the radio off. And you young people know exactly what I'm talking about. But I ain't going to bust out on that song. I know you want me to. I ain't going to do the dance. I ain't going to do none of it. Stop. Right now. Right? The devil would love. <laughs> if we were in youth right now, I would break out. But no. We're on Sunday, okay? Trying to have my feeling good. There I go. Like I should. And I always forget the song. Sunday. Yeah, yeah that's a. And by the way, I forget every song. I have no idea. And I love music, guys. I'm the biggest music fan. And I love it. But what, I, what he, it happens in here, but what comes out, it's two totally different things. Like totally different things. I have the harmony, the beat, but when it comes out, it's like, you know, it is what it is. But I'm fine. I'm okay. I, I own it. I own it and move on, okay? So you know why people fall for that lie? They fall for the lie that God's savage and that uh, it's old school and it's passed away. It's because they don't know the love of God. They haven't experienced for themselves the love of God. 
All they are talking about is judgment. All they're talking about is the Old Testament. All they're talking about is they have no understanding of the new covenant. They have no understanding that Jesus came because God sent him. Because it was God's redemption plan to save the world, right? So don't fall for the lie. Don't fall for the lie because, right, the world system is jacked and whacked, and it's always changing. So right now, that's what's popping, like, yeah, God's a savage. No, no. And look and see what's going on right now. You should be scared. You scared? You scared? We scared. Ah. It's like, what are you scared of? You should tell people, I'm not afraid. I'm not afraid of the rapture. I'm not afraid of the times coming. I'm not afraid of uh, threatening. I'm not afraid of anything. How are you not afraid? Because I know that nothing can separate me from the love of God. To be gone from here is present with the Lord. What's up? It doesn't matter, but we're going up in the rapture together. Yeah. And we'll be dabbing all the way. Who knows? It's going to be gone like this. So we'll be practicing like, yeah, I'm going up like this. <laughs> yeah. It's going to be like blink gone. <laughs> Anyways, John 3, 16. For this is how God loved the world. This is what? This is how God loved the world. He gave his one and only son so that everyone who believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. God sent his son into the world not to judge the world but to save the world through him. God sent Jesus. The reason Jesus came is because God sent him. The reason that I'm here is because Pastor Dan sent me. Like, for real. Like, it's like you never forget. Don't, don't get too big for your britches or whatever that they're saying is. You know, I'm only who I am but, but by the grace of God. It's not I that lives, but it's Christ that lives in me, right? God so loved the world. Jesus came because God sent him. God is good. God is faithful. And God is love. God is love. God is the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. That's God. We can't understand all things. It's a mystery to us. It's okay. We don't need to understand all things because we walk by faith and not sight. We believe by faith and not sight, right? And as Christ followers, love is the foundation of everything that we do. What's the foundation? Love. Love is the basics. Just like in your regular natural family, the first thing that you, that child is, is told is that I love you. They're, they're provided for, right? They're, you feed them. They cry. Ah! All the kind of things that kids do, right? And you're like, I love you. I love you. I'm mom. This is dad. This is your family. That's your little brother. Watch out. She's going to beat you up. There's your sister, right? You know, it's always love, 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 love. So the basics, what we need to know, the foundation of who we are is that God is love. And for God so loved the world, he gave. For God so loved the world, he gave. You know what? Life is life, but God is good. Don't confuse the two. Life is life. We live in a fallen world, but God is good, right? Don't confuse the cruelties of this life with the love of God. Well, if God was love, this wouldn't happen. Well, you know what? We're living in a fallen world, okay? And we have free will. You are free will. You have, you are free, you have a free will. You can choose whatever you want, and that's what makes God God. And that's what makes us free. We get to choose God. Well, what happens if they didn't choose God? It's not, there's no blaming. God is love. And you know what? Because you know what? We don't know what love is. We're growing up in a generation that everybody gets a trophy. Nobody gets a butt whooping anymore. And we're talking about, I want to know what love is. And I want you to show me. They can't show you because they don't know. We need to look to God. We need to look to his word. And you know what? Love corrects. We don't want no correction. Like love. Oh, no. Love doesn't spank. Yeah, love spanks. Love tells you you, you off. Right, and love tells you you off right away so that you can get back on track. Not when you way, way, way over here talking about, oh, well, love, love would let me choose for myself. Well, love is letting you choose for yourself, and tell me how it goes, you know. No thanks. I'll pass. No. Right? Don't confuse the cruelties of this life with God is love. We're living in a fallen world, right? We're living in a fallen world. Life is life, but God is love. Life is hard. But God is love. Life is not fair. But God is love. Settle that in your heart today. God loves us. You know, and God loves us. <laughs> I think this is funny. It's not that funny, but it's kind of funny. God loves us. Not because we're lovable. You know, because you're having a good day. You think you're cute. God don't love you because you're cute. <laughs> God don't love you because you're so God loves me. You'd be like, God loves me. I know God loves me. You know, God doesn't love you because you're lovable. 
God loves you because he is love. That's a fact. God loves you because he is love, not because you're lovable. John, 1 John 4, 7 through 11. This is the Amplified. Beloved, beloved, let us unselfishly love and seek the best for one another. We get this so confused. We're like, oh, I'm going to seek the best for God. It's all for God, for God. And he's like, one another, one another, one another. We're like, what? One anothering is hard. God, but you're invisible. It's easy with you. No, he's like, one another, one another. Love and seek the best for one another. For love is from God. And everyone who loves others is born of God and knows God through personal experience. The one who does not love has not become acquainted with God, does not and never did know him. For God is love. God is love. He is the originator of love. He is, and it is an enduring attribute of his nature. By this, the love of God was displayed in us, in that God has sent his one and only begotten son, the one who is truly unique, the only one of his kind into this world so that we might live through him. We live through him. We live in Christ. It's not I, but it's him that lives, right? In this love, not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the appeasement. We don't need to appease God. God sent Jesus. We don't come to church for the brownie points. You have all the brownie points you could ever need in the blood of Jesus. It's all in Jesus. God is love. That's how we experience this love, right? He sent Jesus for our sins, fulfilling God's requirement for justice against sin and placing his wrath. Beloved, if God so loved us in this incredible way, we ought to love one another. Like, what if we just got real with God and say, God, I need help loving one another. Like, I need help. Help me to grow. Help me to mature in loving one another. This one another thing, God, like, I need you. I I need you, like that song, like I need you, like I I need you. And God's like, you have me. You have all that you need. You have the love of God that's been poured in your heart by the Holy Spirit. You have everything you could possibly need. We just need to mature. We just need to grow. We need to be kind to ourselves, be patient with ourselves. And you know what? If we stop faking it and just recognize where we really are, we'll actually start to grow. When you're trying to fake it for everybody else, like, woo, woo, I made it, I made it. You don't, you don't, you know what? People who made it don't need to yell they made it. They just made it. <laughs> like the boss, don't you say, I'm the boss. We know you're the boss. <laughs> you walk in the place. You know what I mean? It, it just is what it is. But we're just trying to proclaim something that we're not. Do you know that you don't need to fake it for nobody? And to be honest, nobody believes the fake but you. That's the sad part, that we're living in a generation that we all know where you at. Why? Because we see the 360 of your life. You know, you just see in the, you just see in the front mirror. We've seen all of you. <laughs> but who, how many of us want to grow in this love? The agape love, the God kind of love, right? Truly loving God. Like, I want to truly love God. I want to truly love people. And I want to truly love my life. And the only way that I'm going to do that is to have a revelation of God's love, right? Not just playing religion. I'm done playing religion. Like, to be honest, I don't like religion at all. I never played the game. That's why I was always in trouble. But come to find out, I had a real relationship with God the whole time. I was the one that they thought was wild, but I was the one talking to God all the time about the craziness. They were over there praying, la, 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 la. Who knows what that was? And I'm over here like, God, this is wild. God, you know what? I know I'm bad. Growing up, I, I said this prayer like every night. I said, God, you know what? I know this is, like, this is hard. I don't, I don't like being good. I, I don't like always following the rules. I don't like making, I don't like making perfect choices. But you want to know the wild thing is because the best part of me is because I, I push the limits. The best part of me is because I want to know where the boundaries are. I want to break the boundaries. I want to live limitless. And all this time, I was talking to God about that. And I said, I know I'm going to hell. Every, t- every night, God, I know I'm going to hell. But I just have to have fun all the way there. Because living that's no fun. And I can't be fake. Like, I just don't know how to fake, God. So I'm sorry that I'm going to hell. And I love you a lot. And I'm just going to have fun all the way until I get there. Then I know it's going to be a lot of hell when I get there. Isn't that so dumb? It's so dumb. But the crazy thing is that your girl may not know how to pray, but she was actually talking to God. 
She was actually having a real experience with her best friend right there before she went to bed every night. That was me. That is me. And now it's just like there's freedom in being real with God. God knows where you are. It's, he's saying, why are you where you are? That's what he asked them, Adam and Eve, why are you where you are? God knows why. He wants you to know why. You want to know because when you understand, you can take responsibility. You can take ownership for where you're at and grow from there, right? No more playing religion. We want a real relationship with love, right? Life is a journey. Life is a journey, right? You're just not born and then all of a sudden you're getting married. You're just not born all of a sudden you got a job. Like, no, that takes time. Like, you got to go to school. First, you got to learn how to use the restroom. That's a big deal, you know. There's a lot you got to learn before you start driving a car. There's a lot you got to learn before you start making choices on your own. There's a lot you got to learn. You can't even feed yourself. There's a lot you need to learn, right? That's how it is in the Christian walk. You don't just come and you think you're going to be like, woo. You don't know it all. It takes time. The Christian walk is a journey, right? Let's grow in love. You don't skip growth stages. You know, as a Christian, we think it's like in real life. So, you know, every year comes, you have a new birthday. And there you are, you're getting stronger and taller and some of us shorter. Like all kinds of things, right? Some of us wider. Like things happen. Things happen. Like life changes. Like a wrinkle came. you like, ah, what was that? Like you woke up and it was like, okay. I'm, I'm getting a little older in life. I'm, I'm loving it. I'm going to love every stage, but forever young. But, like, you know, like, you know you're getting a little older when, <laughs> am I actually going to say this? <laughs> Is that when you, like, sleep and then you wake up and it doesn't go away for a while? <laughs> it's like, oh, I'm at that stage. <laughs> Get a little college in. Like, whoa, let's go. <laughs> but, like, in, in the natural life, you just keep getting older. And we confuse that with our Christian walk. We just think that we're just going to keep getting older in the Christian faith. No, you have to actually grow up. <laughs> you have to actually learn the word, apply the word, and do the word. And that's how we grow. And that's how we mature, right? It's not like just you can't skip growth stages. You're like, oh, I'm a baby Christian. Like, anyways, you can't skip the growth stages. We grow, we grow from level to level. And let me tell you, you don't want to skip a stage. Right? You don't, when these little kids are going through the stages, you don't want them, you don't want them to skip potty training. Like, no. You know, you don't want them to be in kindergarten and, you know, like, they don't know how to potty train. You don't want your teenager not to know how to tie their shoe. You don't want, like, there's some things that you're like, okay, you don't want your kids to be skipping stages, yet you want to skip all the stages. Isn't that, when we make it, like, common sense, you're like, oh, okay, I need to be kind because I need to grow. So we need to be kind to ourselves because we need to grow in love. We need to grow in love, Right? We already have the love of God poured into our hearts by the Holy Spirit. We just got to grow mature. Romans 5.5. 5. Now hope does not disappoint because the love of God has been poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit who was given to us. The love of God's already been poured into your heart. You have the love of God, right? The Holy Spirit's been given to us. We just got to grow. We got to mature, right? How many of us want to grow in unselfish love? Like, yeah, I'm down, sign me up, okay? Let's go, let's grow. What is love? I don't think we want to grow in these things. <laughs> when I say love, we romanticize it. Yeah, I want to grow in love. And I, I just want to grow in love. Okay, you ready? You ready for this? Look at your neighbor. Say, you ready? Slap them if they're yawning. You ready? Okay, I don't know why I say slap. Please don't slap anybody. But if they are yawning, slap them. Okay, what is love? I want to grow in love, God. In love. Okay, what is love? Love suffers long. What? What? It wasn't all romanticized. Talking about who wants to grow in suffering long? Anybody want to suffer long? Uh, I'll pass. But you know what? On the other side of suffering long is that you know what love is. Love suffers long and is kind. Love, Love does not envy. Like, we, we need to grow in this, right? Love does not parade itself. It's not puffed up. Love does not behave rudely. How many of us need to grow in that? Love does not behave rudely. How many of us are rude all the time? Like, I, the crazy thing is, like, my face can't lie. So with this mask, it's, like, been funny because I'm like, like, if I'm feeling it, like, you're going to know it. It's, it's all over this face, Right? So I'm working on not behaving rudely. I've come a long way. (laughs) I got a long way to go. Love does not seek its own. 
It's this opposite of the world system. We're taught to seek our own. We're taught to be rude. Say what you want to say. You do you, boo. And if they can't accept them, you let them know. You know? That's what's up. That's what's popping. That means you're strong and independent. What? What? That's the opposite of what God says. You know, I always thought the loudest person was the strongest person. I have come to know that is not true. Learning to hold your tongue is the hardest thing you will ever do in your life, especially when you speak everything on your mind, right? Talking about we need those filters, your girl has to be slapping filters on her mouth all the time. Love does not behave rudely, does not seek its own, it's not provoked, thinks no evil, does not rejoice in iniquities, but rejoices in truth. Love bears all things, love believes all things, love hopes all things, love endures all things, love never fails. But what happens when we do? What happens when we fail? We failed what we missed the mark of love, right? We make the same mistake over and over and over again. And this is where we get tripped up. This is where we're like, did God leave me? Am I saved? What did Jesus say? What did Jesus do? We got to look to Jesus, right? As Christians, we're Christ followers. We're not religious, we're Christ followers, and we look to Jesus. Jesus said in Luke 15, 1 through 7, tax collectors and other notorious sinners often came to listen to Jesus teach. This made the Pharisees and teachers of religious law complain that he was associating with sinful people, even eating with them. See, Jesus loved debunking religion too. He's in there, they're like, oh, he's a friend of sinners. I saw him eating pizza with them. Oh, my gosh. They just took a picture. Hashtag look at him. Jesus, Jesus was a boss. Jesus, so Jesus told them this story. Jesus and Jesus knew their hearts. Jesus, do you know when Jesus says some names? Jesus called them names, you know? So we're allowed to say some stuff. <laughs> but we, uh, anyways, okay. Don't get me started on Christian cussing. <laughs> but anyways, really in, okay? Jesus says this story. If a man has a hundred sheep and one of them gets lost, what will he do? Won't he leave the 99 others in the wilderness and go to search for the one that is lost until he finds it? And when he finds it, he will joyfully carry it home on his shoulders. When he arrives, he will call together his friends and neighbors, rejoice with me. He's like, come celebrate with me because I have found my lost sheep. In the same way, there is more joy in heaven over one lost sinner who repents and returns to God than 99 others who are righteous and haven't strayed away. The crazy thing is we can so easily say, I have 99, who cares about the one? But if that one was you, it's a whole nother story. Like maybe you haven't been that one yet, yet. Because we live in a fallen world. Things happen. Life is life. Life is hard. Life is unfair. That one may come for you. But let me assure you that Jesus will find you. He will meet you right where you are. And he will not leave you there. He will throw you on his back. And he'll say, I have shouldered you all the way. From the cross to hell rose again. And I shouldered you. Yes, you. Even you. All the way. And I'm rejoicing in heaven when one returns to heaven. When one for the one, for the one. We've lost focus of the one. We get so, we win the world. What about the one? There's so many lost ones. Who's going to fight for them? We are. We are, right? God doesn't think like us. God is always good. God is always faithful. And God is always love. It's not something he turns on and he turns off. It's who he is. It's who he is, right? If that lost sheep was you, and if that lost sheep is you, let me tell you, God's not mad. He's not mad at you. He is not mad at you. He loves you, and he's looking for you to return home. He won't force you. You have to choose to. You have to choose him, right? What happens when you lose your phone? What, <laughs> what happens when you lose your keys? Are you mad at your phone? I hate that phone. 
phone. That's stupid phone. Oh my gosh, I can't stand that phone. Do you get angry at your keys? No. You get up and you go look for them. You get up and you go find your phone, right? You ain't mad at it. You just go find it. God's not mad at you. He's looking for you. And he's got his eyes on you. And all you have to do is call in the name of Jesus. All you have to do just like that. Just like that. He's like, I got my eye on you. And this is how we should treat lost people. We should treat lost people like lost things. Don't get mad at them. Don't get angry, right? Don't get angry at people. You know how many times with all these young people, I want to be like, listen here. You act stupid. Stop it. But I'm like, that's not what love requires of me. <laughs> that's what Sasha would do. That's not what love would do, okay? You know why? Because the most empowering thing you could ever do for a young person is let them choose for themselves. You choose God for yourself. You choose your spouse for yourself. You choose your habits for yourself. You choose your character for yourself. This is your choice. And it's so empowering to know that we have a free will to choose, right? So we're not mad at lost things. We watch for them, we look for them, we pray for them, we keep an eye out for them. The moment they're ready to return home, what's open arms? Oh, with open arms, right? That's what home is, open arms. Come on, come on, come on, baby. I've been waiting for you. I've been keeping my eye on you. I can't make you. I can't stalk you, but I can make you, right? That's how we should treat lost people. Don't get mad at them. Help them find love because that's what they're looking for. They're looking for love in all the wrong places, and they're not going to be able to find it. Why? Because they can only find it in Jesus. They can only find it in God, right? Help them find freedom in Jesus. Help them find help in Jesus. Help them find healing in Jesus. I'm not the healer. I'm not the helper, right? I, that don't work either. I can't fix them. They, I, only Jesus can. Oh, I can only lead them to Jesus, right? And help them find true purpose in Jesus, Everybody wants a purpose. You were born for a purpose. Now, whoops, it was a mistake. Whoops, I did it again. There's another one and another one and another one. You got a big old large family like, ah, no, God planned you. He called you for this hour, for this day, in this moment to change the world, to live for him, right? Jesus was moved with compassion when he saw the loss. In Matthew 9, 35, then Jesus went about all the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues, preaching the gospel of the kingdom, and healing every sickness. Man, Jesus preaching, teaching, healing. Preach, teach, heal. Preach, teach, heal. Preach, teach, heal. That's what Jesus came to do. He was preaching, teaching, healing every sickness and every disease among the people. But when he saw the multitudes, he was moved with compassion for them because they were weary and scattered like sheep having no shepherd. Then he said to his disciples, the harvest truly is plentiful, but the labors are few. Therefore, pray the Lord of the harvest to send out labors into the harvest. This is crazy to me. The harvest is plenty, but the labors are few. Did you know here at Love Life, we're the few. We're the few. We're the, we're the, we're the ones that say, not, we're not just saying, here, God, use me. We're saying, no, God, send me, I'll go. Send me, I will go, right? We're the few. This is why we do what we do for others, by love, right? This is why we do what we do. This is why we show up to grow up, to fulfill purpose. What's our purpose? Salt, light. It's time to light up the world. It's really dark out there. It's getting wild out there. It's getting crazy out there. You know, it takes one little match, one little, one little tiny flicker of light. You see them wildfires, it's getting crazy, right? Just one little, whew, and the whole thing is on fire. Let's set the whole world on fire for Jesus, but not literally, okay? We don't need no more smoky days because that smoke's traveling over here. I'm like, man, we need to win the lost and make disciples. That sounds like, huh? Win the lost and make disciples. You know what that means? Is that we look to Jesus, we learn about Jesus, and then we're the hands and feet of Jesus, 
And you know what we do? Discipleship means that we welcome somebody home into the family. Discipleship is family. Here at Love Life, you're family, right? Family becomes you get corrected. You have a mom. You got a dad. You got a bunch of brothers and sisters. You got some aunties and uncles. There's all kinds of people in this relationship here in the family, right? We become family and we stick together. We've got each other's back. We're encouraging each other. We're praying for each other. We're believing for each other. And we're correcting each other. When, you know when you're in a relationship with somebody, you know it's a real relationship when they say, you acting crazy. Somebody could be like, you acting crazy. You're like, what? No, I'm not. It's like your response is already proof that you acting crazy. <laughs> what? How dare you tell me that? No, I love you. That's why I'm letting you know. In Matthew 28, 18, Jesus came and told his disciples, I have been given all authority in heaven and on earth. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I have given you. And be sure of this, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. I make sure that I remind myself to be sure of this. Jesus is with me always, even to the end of the age. What are these new commands that he gave them? Anybody know? Ready for it? Everybody start raising their hand. <laughs> he said, love as I have loved you. <laughs> it all comes back to love, 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 love. Comes back to love, 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 love. Love. Love as I have loved you. He's not over there talking about the Ten Commandments. Half of us didn't even know him. We talked to him the other day in LOIA, and we were like, what? Don't use the Lord's name in vain. Half of us, all of us are gone, you know? Like, <laughs> We'd be saying, oh, my God, <laughs> OMG. You're like, I say OMG because I'm so spiritual. But we know what you mean. It's the same thing, right? That's our Christian cousin. But he's, what was the command that Jesus gave them? Love as I have loved you. He's like, go and do what I do and even greater, greater, greater works will we do. Jesus said in John 13, 34, he says, so now I'm giving you a new commandment. Love each other. <laughs> it's so hard. It's so hard because you know why you have to actually apply. You have to actually apply. Love each other just as I have loved you. Jesus laid down his life. When's the last time you laid down something that you wanted for someone else? It's been a minute, right? We don't want to even share our banana. You know, like if, you, if you're making a bowl of ice cream, let's get real, okay? And you at home, you're making a bowl of popcorn, whatever your bowl is, I'm hungry. So you're making a bowl of, and one bowl has a little bit more, just a little bit more than the other. Which one is yours? The little bit more or the other? It's like I have consciously tried to give the little bit more to someone else, to love others. Because every time it's a little bit more, it's for me. That's right. If there's like two Oreo cookies in that ice cream bowl, it's mine. If there's one and a half in yours, that's yours, right? <laughs> because loving one another, we have to actually apply. Preaching up here, talking all this up here is nothing if I'm not doing it at home. It's nothing if I'm not walking this thing out in my everyday real life, right? And then I can come up here and talk about it. John 13, 34. So now I'm giving you a new commandment. Love each other just as I have loved you. You shall love each other. Your love for one another will prove. This is facts right here. Your love for one another will prove to the world that you are my disciples. Isn't that crazy that maybe the world just hasn't seen us prove it? And it's time to grow up. And it's time to prove to the world. We're not religion beating you with the Bible. We're not religion coming at you with the Ten Commandments. We're going to beat you with love. <laughs> We're going to slap love all over you, right? We need to ask ourselves, how did Jesus love others? He laid his life down. He laid his life down, right? He was moved with compassion. He only did the will of the Father, and he laid his life down. You know what Jesus did? He suffered long. <laughs> Jesus was love, is love. Right. We want to know what love is. And we read that love scripture and we say it at weddings and we're like, oh, love. Yeah, love. Ready? You know what Jesus did? 
He's love in action. He suffered long and he was kind. He did not envy. He did not parade himself. He was not puffed up. He did not behave rudely. And I love, and he didn't behave rudely, but you know what? He talked some trash to the religious people. He called them snakes. He's going to like the tombstone and drop them down in the ocean. He's like, done with you, sucker. That's a, we can say that to the devil. We can say that to religion, but we can't say that to each other, okay? We can't say that to each other, no. Did not behave rudely. Did not seek his own. He was not provoked. Man, and they tried to provoke him all the time. They tried to, you know what, Jesus, they came after Jesus, and he would just ask them questions. Man, Jesus was savage <laughs> in the good way, okay? Jesus, he would just throw a question at them. So when religious people come at you with questions, ask them a question. And they're like, huh? Tell me. What? <laughs> Prove to me. He found no evil. He did not rejoice in injustice. He rejoiced in truth. He bared all things. He believed all things. He hoped all things. He endured all things. And thank God he never failed. He never failed. He won, right? And he lives in us. And his ministry lives in us. And greater works will we do because he is in us, right? He was one trying to reach the world. He's living in all of us. Do you imagine all the Christians across the globe? Greater works will we do. It's time for greater. Who's ready for greater, right? We need to look to Jesus because he was love in action. He was unstoppable, yet he stopped for so many. He stopped for so many. He stopped for the one. I, I dare you, I challenge you to read the Gospels, to read the book of John. I have like so many more scriptures that I wanted to show you where Jesus stopped to heal. He stopped, he stopped. You know what Jesus endured? Jesus endured a storm to get to the other side. You know what, I picture, if you read the Bible, you read the Gospels, you see that Jesus is going to the other side, and he's going to the other side, and he's going to the other side. So I picture Jesus in a speedboat, like whoop, other side, whoop, other side, whoop, other side. He had a low rider, I guess. <laughs> but Jesus, I just picture Jesus like just going to the other side, going to the other side. And you know what Jesus actually did? He, he wasn't playing magic. He endured a storm to get to the other side. He endured these things. Why? Because he wanted to show you what love is. He wanted to show you what love does. He wanted to show you that he slept on a pillow because he had faith that they were getting to the other side. And he wanted to teach us, have faith. You're getting to the other side. When he said it, it's finished, it's finished. He stopped. Um, there's a little girl who's sick, right? Jairus' daughter. Jairus' daughter, I believe. And he's, yeah, he's like, my daughter is dying. My daughter is dying. So he's like, don't worry. Have faith. Can you trust in me? And they start going on their way. You know, he wasn't in the speedboat. He's walking. As he's walking, a woman who had an issue of blood for 12 years. Oh, my gosh. Husbands, anybody in there, imagine for 12 years. Woo. We get crazy for a week. Imagine 12 years. But anyways, we're not going to go there. So. 12 years, it just got real, okay? Sorry about that. And she's like, if I could just touch, if I could just touch him, if I could just touch the hem of his garment, if I could just touch his robe, if I could, if I could just get, and he's going, like, imagine, my daughter's dying. Why are you stopping? Don't stop. Don't stop. And he's like, who touched me? And the disciples, they can't even understand Jesus. They're like, are you kidding me? There's a crowd always around you. Everybody's touching you, okay? They thought it's Justin Bieber. Or whoever's popping now, I don't even know. So, and they're like, are you kidding me who touched me? He's like, no, somebody touched me. And he tells that lady, he says, your faith has made you well. Go in peace. You're freed from your suffering. You're freed from your torment. Be healed. Be permanently healed. And then he keeps on going. He was unstoppable, yet he stopped. And he stopped. And he stopped for the one. Why? To show us what love would do. And I would challenge you to ask yourself, what does love require of me? What does love require of me? When you're making decisions in your life, what does love require of me? When you're mad at somebody, what does love require of me? When you're driving and you like to drive fast and everybody likes to drive slow, what does love require of me? And what does the law require of me? <laughs> you know what? God has, God has so much fun. There's, there's so much fun in the Bible. When, like the Bible's lit when you just actually open it up, Okay. I mean, if you're scared in the Old Testament, just wait for Pastor Dan to teach you those things and just read the Gospels, okay? Calm down and just see what Jesus did, okay? 
He endured so many storms. He did so much to prove to us what the Father was. He did, Jesus did only the will of the Father. And imagine he's just like, okay, God, okay, God. He had that kind of relationship. He's like, greater works. We need to be like that in that kind of relationship with God. What does love require of me? What does love require of me, right? We just need to look to Jesus to know the Father. In Romans 5, 8, but God clearly shows us and proves his own love for us by the fact that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. While you were at your worst, Christ died for you. Let me tell you, you're at your best when you're in him. He won't leave you. He's in you, right? He will never leave you. He will never forsake you. Be at peace that nothing can ever separate you from the love of God. God loves you. He's got a great plan for your life. You just have to choose him. And you have to choose that plan. You can choose your own plan or you can choose his plan for your life, right? If you'd like to join the family of God today and you have not yet, I would love to pray with you. I would love to pray with you so that you can receive Jesus in your heart and that you can have that shame, this same assurance that you know, that you know, that you know, that you know, that God loves you, that you're his child, that he's with you. He will never leave you. He will never forsake you. God's love is a free gift. It's not something you can buy and it's not something you can earn. You don't have to. It's a free gift. It's something you can only receive, right? Salvation is a free gift. And if you'd like to receive the free gift of salvation today, let's say a prayer together. Everybody, bow your heads, close your eyes. Say with me. Say, Lord Jesus, I call on your name right now. I believe in you. I ask you to save me and set me free. Thank you, Jesus, for this new life. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Amen, amen, amen. If you receive Jesus today for the first time, we would love to celebrate with you. We'd love to welcome you to the family of God. If you could just click that I receive Jesus button. If you're in the building and you receive Jesus for the first time, if you could please just raise your hand. We have a booklet we'd like to get you. We have a resource that we would like to get you. Pastor Dan wrote an amazing book because you know what? There's so much more than just getting to heaven. It's time to actually live heaven on earth. Y'all ready to live heaven on earth? Let's do do it. Let's grow in love, walk in love, and be the change this world so needs. Thanks again for listening. To hear more encouraging messages just like this one, make sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel for past episodes. If you loved what you received, please consider rating it and sharing it with your friends and family. For more information about Love Life and getting connected with us, go to lovelife.church. We love you and are believing God's best for you.